0: Hi, I am Tammy Denise, and thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast. And today we are going to talk about a subject that we all should be familiar with, and it is change. C-H-A-N-G-E, change. And I spelled it because one constant thing that we have learned in life is that there will be change. In 2020, we all learned how important it is to have those coping skills that are needed um, because we all experienced the pandemic. And that was a big change for all of us in the way that we do things in our normal life. So I am going to devote this podcast to talk to you about coping with change and embracing change so one activity we're going to do to warm up a little bit we are going to do a little a little icebreaker, right so i want you to stand up wherever you are or you can sit down whichever one you makes you feel more comfortable and i want you to cross your arms okay So hopefully you have crossed your arms. And now what I want you to do is recross your arms the opposite way in which you just crossed your arms. Okay. Think about how that made you feel. Okay. Keep that in mind as we go through and talk about change. Tips for coping with change. There are five phases that most people experience when adapting to change. Number one, resistance. Everybody sometimes deals with fear, right? Resistance. Not sure if this is something that you want to do. So you're having doubts in your mind. You're having fear. That's number one. Number two is uncertainty. How will it affect me? Can I handle it? How will things change? Will the change really be good for me? Will the change really be good for my company? There are a lot of different things that come along with thinking about change. So number one was resistance. Number two is uncertainty. And number three is assimilation. The definition of assimilation is to take it in and fully understand why this change is important. And right along with assimilation comes acceptance. A little at a time, one day at a time. So that was number three. Number four is integration, bringing it together, having unity. And number five is acceptance. So you have resistance, you have uncertainty, you have assimilation, you have integration when you're bringing it together, when you're uniting into what you're believing, and then you have acceptance. These are the five phases that most people experience when adapting to change. And the next question is, how are you coping with change? How do you know that you're not coping with change in a healthy way? So there are eight warning signs and there are probably a lot more, but we're going to focus on these eight. When you start getting sick more often, right? And what's another thing? You're not sleeping as well as you normally do at night. Your mind is constantly racing. What is another thing? Using more alcohol or drugs than you normally do. Becoming more isolated. You know, becoming more introverted when you were extroverted. You were going out more with your friends and now you're finding yourself at home alone. Losing interest in things that used to cause you pleasure. You know, you don't want to go out with your friends anymore. You'd rather stay home. Putting things off that you have done, you usually be good at doing right away, but now you're starting to put more things off. I'll get it done tomorrow. Long periods of depression and having more fights with your family and your friends and your coworkers, right? So these are eight warning signs that you are not. You are not experiencing change in a good, positive way. But there are seven ways to fight back. There are seven ways that you can fight back and can help you cope with change in a more productive way. You can stay healthy and you can know these effects of stress, what we just talked about. You can know the eight warning signs or all the warning signs that comes along with not coping with stress well. And one thing that you can do with knowing the effects of stress, you can know how it impacts and affects your body. You can start having headaches. You can start having heartburn. You can have rapid breathing. You can be at risk of heart attacks. You can have pounding hearts. You can have high blood pressure, high blood sugar, and insomnia, and an increased depression. All of these, some of the things we just talked about, but knowing the effects of stress on your body. Seven ways to fight back. Another one is don't blame yourself. Don't deal with it alone. Make sure that you have a support system that can be there for you and help you through in times where you feel unsure in your life. And one thing you want to do is you want to have a plan. One thing that I like to tell my students is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So you want to make sure that you have a plan and you want to stay active. That goes back to staying healthy, but also to staying active, being active and working on your goals, actively working on your your plans for your future. To work through feelings and to take care of yourself, we recommend a couple of things. There are a couple of things that you need to do. Do not minimize the change. Oh, it is not that bad. How many people have said that? Right. Like me, I'm constantly on a healthy lifestyle journey of losing weight and I lost 90 pounds and I got down to 177 pounds. And then, OK, so I got back up to 200 pounds after about two, about five years of being Healthy at that weight that I wanted to be at, and after five years, I hit a little stressor in my life. And what I did was I started eating that emotional eating. And what happened was, as that starts to creep back up and you start gaining the weight back you start minimizing the change oh it's not that bad it's only five pounds and before you know it you have gained 60 pounds so remember do not minimize the change you have to make your mind up that hey Five, ten pounds, 15 pounds. You got to remember where you come from so you don't go back to that same place again. Do not maximize the change, right? Just like you don't want to minimize it, you don't want to maximize it. Identify your points of continuity. Okay. As far as with my weight loss, past and present. So you want to make sure that you are not minimizing, you're not maximizing, your points of continuity, where it is your past and where it is your present. You wanna make sure that you're taking time out taking timeouts when you need to take a timeout, you know, for yourself, a rest break. I just told someone that you have to also know when it is appropriate to say no, when it is appropriate to take some time out for yourself and take care of yourself and the things that you need to do to have good self-care. So to work through your feelings and to take care of yourself, We recommend a few things. And one of the things we recommend is look for creative opportunities. Look for learning opportunities and give credit for your own learning and your own growth. So you want to congratulate yourself when you're hitting goals, when you're doing what you're supposed to do. You also want to think in terms of a life plan, right? How many of you have a life plan? right? There are a couple of things that comes with making a life plan. Being aware of your failures, right? Remembering that we all have strengths, we all have needs, but you have to remember the things that you have done that maybe you didn't do as well as you wanted to do in those areas in your life. But you're aware of your failures, you're aware of them, but you learn that you can overcome them and you can do what you have to do to be successful in your life. Making sure that you have a long-term vision, making sure you have values, Christian values, hopefully. Evaluate yourself and you want to make sure that you are prioritizing the future and the things in your future that are important to you. And you want to have an action plan. All this comes under Thinking in terms of a life plan. So you have looking for creative opportunities, looking for learning opportunities, and then you want to think in terms of a life plan. And then the last boy, remember that even though changes you want to make will require going through the process of a transition, right? Remember, it's so important. This is a process. Right? Coping with change is a process. You have to learn to change your whole mindset when it comes to change. So, tips for coping with change be in charge of your reaction to change, right? Our attitudes. We can change our own attitudes. We have to stop looking at things in the negative and looking at things in the positive. That's our attitude. Things that we have control over. Thinking about what you have control over. And using that as a motivational tool to making sure that you have a positive attitude. You can expect stress. You have to learn to stay flexible in life. Be prepared for psychological soreness and hurt for a while. When I was in the military, there was one thing that I learned and I think it has really helped me throughout my life. And that was expect the impossible, but also to expect the unexpected, but also to hurry up and wait. Things that I learned that helped me to stay flexible in times of distress. Another thing is you can do tips for coping with change. Seek out information about change, like the one you are experiencing. How many people love to Google, right? We like to Google. I think I sometimes are the, I'm the Google doctor, <laughs> Because I can Google things that I'm feeling. If I'm having a headache, if I'm having a toe ache, I try to Google and see what's going on with me. So that's even when you're dealing with change. You're dealing with situations in your life and you don't have anyone you feel that you can turn to to talk to about it. You can Google, you can look up things, go to the library, go to get a self-help book. There are so many different self-help books out there. There are podcasts. There's so many different tools that we have at our disposal disposable, that can help us through our lives. So tips for coping with change. Use the stress, right? Use it as a way to motivate you. Think of change as an opportunity to grow. Keep your sense of humor. <laughs> I always heard that saying that laughter is the best medicine. So when you're going through change in your life, keep a sense of humor. Making sure you're finding opportunities to laugh. Making sure you're finding opportunities to smile. And you want to make sure that you're practicing good stress management techniques. And you want to design small projects that are successful because that gives you a feeling of accomplishments that makes you feel good about yourself. Keep doing your normal duties even if you have to slow it down a bit, right? It's okay to take your time. It's okay to plan. It's okay to prioritize things in your life. So tips with coping with change. Sometimes you have to figure out where can I go? Talk about your stress. Talk about it with your coworkers, talk about it with your family, talk about it with your friends. And you want to acknowledge your own feelings and also too you want to find people that are compassionate and empathetic with things that you're going on, going along with and and things that you're going through, right? Tips for communication. Okay, so with change, you have to learn how to sometimes communicate how you're feeling. And you need to communicate it with your spouse, your partner, your family, your friends, so that you don't feel isolated and you don't feel like you don't have any help. But one thing that you can do is during challenging times, don't put off talking about something that's on your mind. But choose a time when you and your partner or your friend or your family members can sit down and talk and you have someone that can listen to you. Use self-disclosure. Right, and if you want someone to be an empathetic listener to you, you also have to learn how to be an empathetic listener, avoiding judging someone or evaluating the other person. But you want to check out what you're hearing by paraphrasing, paraphrasing, and clarifying what you're hearing when you're talking to people about things that are bothering them, and you want people to do the same thing with you don't have expectations about your partner or your family member um may say how they might respond right so you don't want to have an expectation of how someone is going to respond to you and you shouldn't have a high expectation from them but think of this conversation as a process it goes right back to that process right so that everybody don't always have all the answers. So you have to be humble. You have to be willing to listen and learn from one another. And ask for what you need. This is so important. I feel that sometimes we have we forget that it's okay to ask for what we need. If we need space, if we need time, if we need encouragement, if we need someone to tell us it's going to be okay. Make sure that we are willing to tell our partner, tell our spouse how we are feeling. And seek out help from a third party that you trust. Whether it's a clergy member, a professional counselor, a life coach. If you feel that you need to discuss the stress that you are feeling in your life with someone, don't feel down if you have to seek help. I think that's one thing um that sometimes um African American males I think that's a statistic that states that African American males don't go to therapy um as much as as they should or or, or even African American women, right? We turn we tend to turn to our religion. Um that has been in textbook. Um so things that we can do to kind of help overcome Um, traumatic experiences in our lives. Sometimes we require to talk to a third person, someone that you trust. 18 ways to survive change, okay? So we have talked about coping with stress. we talked about things that we can do to help us. And now we're going to talk about 18 ways to survive change. Be prepared for the change, right? That's how you can survive it. We need to learn how to be prepared for it. We need to be able to express our sadness, our loss, or anxiety about the future without eating or overeating or becoming an emotional eater about it or doing something else that's not helpful to us. Watch for unrealistic expectations. We have to learn to make goals for ourselves, realistic goals that we can achieve, practical goals. Don't let yourself or others be abused. Never, never let someone emotionally abuse you or physically abuse you. 18 ways to survive change. Acknowledge an increase in your pressure or demands. And I think about special occasion, holidays. I read one time that planning a wedding is one of the most stressful times in a person's life. And you would think, oh God, that should be one of the most um, rewarding times in someone's life, but it can be very stressful. So we have to think about think about that that how that how that is and why that is right. So when we need to acknowledge any pressure that we're putting on ourselves to fit in that dress for that special occasion. Um, we have to learn to not put too much pressure on ourselves when we are setting our goals. And protecting your leisure time, right? Me time. You're going to have to learn how to get you some me time. Whether that is doing what you love to do. And that could be getting your nails done, getting your feet done. Or talking to a specific friend on the phone or reading your book in a quiet room. Making sure that you're finding time to spend time by yourself, 18 Ways to Survive Your Change. Here it is. Don't ignore your family. Don't turn to alcohol. Don't turn to drugs. Don't turn to food or any other chemical coping strategies that do not work. That provides temporary, temporary. We're looking for long-term change results. We're looking for long-term benefits. So you want to remain upbeat and positive. You want to keep a positive attitude. You want to get creative do you be creative whatever has been on your mind if if you wanted to start that podcast if you wanted to write that song if you wanted to learn how to play an instrument i was reading the other day about ways that we can improve our memory and one of the things was gardening things that cause relaxation and one thing that i i teach when i talk about the seven habits of beating um, addiction, it talks about having a plan and, and and coming up with a plan. And one of the steps is what can you do to kind of keep your mind off of doing whatever it is that you're addicted to. That could be gardening, that could be reading, that could be going to the library, that can be going to the park with your children. So you have to think about these things of how you can get creative so that you can cope with your change. Number 11, expand your value as a person. Oh, wow. Expand your value. Who can contribute to increasing your value? What can you do to increase your value? These are things. If you wanted to go back to school, okay, what are the steps for you to go back to school? Number 12, celebrate your accomplishments, right? Mark your calendar and treat yourself. If I lose 15 pounds within 30 days, if that's my goal, then how can I celebrate myself for that accomplishment? Seek appropriate feedback. Wow. 18 ways to survive your change. Seek appropriate feedback. That could be from your doctor. That could be from your friends. That could be from your parents. But improve lines of communication. You want to make sure that you're being honest with yourself. You want to make sure you're being honest with your family members. We just talked about being honest with your spouse and your partner. And you want to make sure that you're becoming more efficient. Not less efficient. But you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is you're going to be productive in it. Number 16. Learn from your experience of others. Rise to the challenge. And never become complacent. Never. Never have self-defeat and talk. Never put yourself down. So we talked about tips for coping with stress. We talked about 18 different things that you can do. And now we're going to talk a little bit about tips for reducing stress. Okay. We practice being quiet and still. How hard is that, right? (laughs) In a time like today, when we're so used and we're so fast-paced, we need to learn how to be quiet. We need to learn how to be still. We need to relax and breathe deeply, right? It's something when I... I was so stressed out when I was planning my wedding that I I had to go sit down and talk to somebody and what did she help me do? Learn how to breathe, breathing in and out because I was having panic attacks. Yes, it's very stressful planning a wedding. And yes, you may have a panic attack or two because life comes at you so fast sometimes and you feel overwhelmed. But remember that you have to relax. You have to breathe deeply. And you have to learn how to plan and and you also have to learn how to delegate because a lot of what i was doing when i was planning my wedding was trying to do it all by myself but you have to learn how to delegate you have to learn how to learn how to plan and you have to recognize and accept your limits there it go recognizing and accepting the limits that you may have upon yourself and learning to play right learn to have fun some people say work hard play hard (laughs) you gotta have that balance right Be a mostly positive person. And notice how it says be a mostly positive person. Because sometimes, yes, you're going to have those moments where you might have a a, a little prick in your mind that's a negative thought. But you have to learn how to switch it back. Just as quick as it comes, it goes. So always thinking about the positive in a situation and not not listening and, and dwelling on the negative. Learn to tolerate and forgive This is a good way to reduce stress. We have to learn how to tolerate other people and realize that, you know, everybody has a different perception. Everybody has different beliefs. We can't change and control one another. Therefore, we have to learn how to tolerate one another, tolerate someone else's opinion that's not like your own. I can't change that. So I just need to acknowledge the fact that we're going to have different opinions and that can reduce a lot of stress upon your life. Trust and believe me, it does. Avoid unnecessary competition. What? Who are you in competition with? Nobody. You should be in competition with nobody. Your biggest competition should be yourself. Yourself. Get regular physical exercise and learn a systematic, drug-free method of relaxing. Yes, a systematic. That's very important because it's not just one thing that is going to help you make that change. So it's going to be a system of things. It's going to be a lot of different things. But one thing you want to do is talk out your troubles. And change your thinking and change your life. Change your thinking, change your attitude, and change your life. Strategies for getting through transitions, okay? So we are kind of dwindling down with 25 minutes in. But this step is very important. It's talking about strategies for getting through transitions. Figure out what it is that you actually want to change or needs changing in your life. And decide what it really is and what it's going to take from you. Distinguish between current losses and old wounds. Wow. Identify. Identify your continuities. The past, the present, and where I am going from here. And recognizing the symptoms of the transition. So it's not gonna be easy. That doesn't sound easy to me. It sounds like it's gonna take a it's gonna take a process, it's gonna take some time. But you're gonna have to go back to where it says taking timeouts for yourself and using that time as an opportunity to take a, a list, to to take an inventory of what. It is that you need in your life. And look at yourself creatively. Everyone has a gift. I'm going back to my book Emergence at this time. It's available on Amazon. But remember, everybody has gifts. And you can create. You can be productive. You have to figure out what it is that God has gifted you to do. And maximize on that consider your possibilities in a new light and experiment a little every day start and win when can you start you can start today you can start today take a different routine to work tomorrow right spend a little bit more time at lunch in a totally new way not always the same way. I said that and I was going to do that, right? We're going to stop going out and eat at lunch. I'm going to bring my lunch this week. I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to read a book. I'm going to look at Netflix. I'm doing my lunch hour. And I'm going to watch something very productive on YouTube. I am going to look at something about plants since I'm interested in gardening, right? These are things that you can do experimenting with change. Little things that you can do. You can move your desk at work. You know, it's about spring spring cleaning time. And you can move your desk from one spot to another plot, uh, spot. And it's, that'll be a change. How are you responding to that? Allow yourself to pause for a count of three. The next time someone asks you a question and reply differently from what you would normally reply. Plan to do something this weekend you've never done before. These are ways that you can experiment with change. One thing that you can do is every day this week, say no to a request you would usually agree to out of a sense of obligation. How many people feel obligated? How many people feel obligated to do things when you're not obligated to do it? volunteer to do something you normally wouldn't agree to do if you're one of those ones and they've asked for you to do something at work and you normally don't volunteer to do it volunteer to do it this time and then think about the psychological and the physical response that you had to doing it ask somebody that question you've always wanted to ask him or her Oh, that's a good one. Be careful with that one. Next time you're in a restaurant, order something different. And it's funny that that was one of the things that's on my list because I have um, looked at Dr. Berg. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Berg, but Dr. Berg is on YouTube and he talks a lot about a lot of different things, but a lot of things to do with our body and um as i'm aging i'm feeling that my my metabolism is slowing down and he gives you a whole list of foods that you should be eating and you shouldn't be eating um when you're trying to correct um a um your metabolism so anyway i was thinking about that because that's a little change you know deciding hey you know this week i might take out sugar from my diet or this week i might not eat any wheat or this week I'm gonna leave dairy alone. Those kind of things. Another thing that you can do to experiment, you could take a three-minute break every hour, or five minutes every two hours today. Oh wow. So think about this. You know, some people jobs give them two 15-minute breaks. And, you know, on my job in particular, they give us an opportunity to to combine those and take a brisk walk for 30 minutes. So, you know, if your job offers that, that's wonderful. If not, you can ask your supervisor, you know, how can I incorporate my breaks so that it can help me and benefit me and help me along my journey, whether it's a healthy lifestyle journey or just need to get out and clear your mind and get you some natural vitamin D. One more thing that you can do every day this week. Find at least on one occasion when someone is talking about how things have to be a certain way and ask them why. Being inquisitive and helping another person understand the journey that they have and the and the um the pain that they have and the psychological soreness that they feel with change, right? So if you have a negative betty, <laughs> I call a negative betty at work then you could talk to them about their negative attitude and and not always going to the negative first and encouraging them to be positive. Because sometimes the environment and the people that you're around can impact your feelings and the way that you're feeling about and going about that day. And I am to the end of my session on change. And I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that you were able to get something out of it. And one thing that I want you to remember is that one thing is constant and that is change.